Okay, we're going to begin this story called Michael and the Fire Extinguisher. It's from It's a Rome Life, Book 3, Ivy House Tales, 1970-1984. to This is a story from 1975, the early days of ECYB transport when we were still engaged in general transport, general haulage. Ruth and I had been to Boston to visit one of our regular clients, Undergear, and just at the time when one of the partners, Jenny, had been replacing their fire extinguishers. As we walked in to the office door, there they were, standing in the corner of their office, looking for a new home. As usual, not wishing to pass up a bargain, I asked if they were for sale. They were not quite time expired, and we did not have any fire extinguishers at all on the premises at Ivy House. A good price was decided, and we took them home with us. Back home, Michael, Ruth's youngest brother, was servicing my lorry, the ex-Marshall Brothers of Butterwick, KM Long Wheelbase, Bedford, hero of various excursions to darkest South Wales in recent weeks. I parked the fire extinguishers close to our spare parts and oil store, and explained to Michael where they had come from. They were all big dry powder extinguishers, capable of dealing with almost any type of fire. There were six of them. Within half an hour, there were only four. It was January and cold. The Maltings building we were using for servicing the vehicles was enormous. It was tall with a pantile roof that let in the draft, over 200 feet long and over 35 feet wide. Consequently, Michael had a stove going to try and keep himself warm. A salamander stove. Need I say more? For those in the know, I think salamanders have been banned in the UK now because they do not conform to modern UK safety standards, to say the least. Before using one, you need to know how they work, and really, if one sticks strictly to the prescribed formula, they are quite safe. Michael had made a few adjustments of his own. As a note here before I move on about Michael, I found a picture of a salamander on an Australian website recently. Um, this was in 2016. Um, they're still a very popular heater throughout the world. Their basic simplicity is the secret and following the instructions you will have one of the most efficient heaters available in the world today. Their heat output is simply colossal and for little cost. However, we move on to Michael's methods, which are definitely not to be followed. Salamander. The stove is designed for large open spaces like workshops. There is a wide round reservoir at the base, about three feet wide and two feet deep, to hold clean paraffin. There are one or two vents in the top of this to control the air intake. And in the centre is a tall louvered chimney about five feet tall, narrow at the bottom and getting about twice as large at the top. There's a close-fitting cap to go on the top of the chimney to shut off the fire once all air intakes are closed. The paraffin is lit through one of the air intake slots and the air control dedicates the burn and heat given out. The whole thing is a mass of flame inside, so quite warm. Michael's first problem was that he did not have sufficient paraffin, so raided the waste oil drums and poured used engine oil in with what paraffin he had. 
He did not realise until the whole thing got out of control that in with the waste engine oil was a quantity of water as a result of condensation. The salamander was placed some 15 feet from the lorry he was working on and we left him having delivered the extinguishers. The stove was working normally, giving off a large amount of heat together with a throaty, roaring growl. Given his due, Michael was only 18 or so and very innovative. Before long, however, he was hammering on the house door asking for help. As I ran outside, I could see the stove was visibly jumping on the ground. Its noise was now a positive, violent roar, and Michael explained that he had shut all the air intakes because it was going mad. Burning gloop. It wasn't until afterwards, and I inquired about how he had fueled the machine, that the source of the problem came to light. It was that water in the bottom of the stove that was the real problem. As the burning liquid became shallower and closer to the water it was floating on, the water began to boil. The water took charge and began to throw large quantities of the already burning paraffin mixed with waste oil out of the air vents. As I arrived, a wide stream of sticky, fiercely burning gloop was fast becoming a river and approaching my number one lorry. The stove was now a bright cherry red all over and untouchable. The more the stove bounced and rocked, the more burning sticky gloop poured out onto the floor. The glowing, all-consuming river was spreading faster and faster. The closed air vents made no difference whatever. Salamander had created its own living, burning world inside, very much like a modern diesel engine that begins to burn its own engine oil from the sump. It's unstoppable. Right next to where I stood were those recently acquired extinguishers, and they were all filled with dry powder. This was what they were built for, but would they work? I grabbed the first and duly set it off. Michael followed suit with another, and the effect was stunning. The powder immediately drowned the flame, and within seconds all was quiet once more. Salamander was quiet too, and slowly resuming a more normal dirty metal colour. The lorry was safe enough, the gloop-fuelled flames had virtually reached one of the front wheels before we stopped it in its tracks, but now everything was white totally white. Every corner, every nook and cranny in the whole 6,000 square foot building was coated in white dust. Those large powder extinguishers hold an awful, awfully large amount of material and once they are started they keep going until they are quite empty. We could really have managed with just the one extinguisher but how are we to know how good they really were? I'd done my original firefight training as a scout and senior scout, but only ever let off a water extinguisher. These powder ones at that time were far too expensive for training. Salamander was put out never to return. Like most things involving a fire, the cleaning up often takes far longer than the physical action needed to fight the fire. This lot certainly did. So there you have it. We obtained the extinguishers because I was in the right place at the right time. What a good result to end this long tarry diddle of a tale. But all quite true. There we are. That's the end of that story brought to you by Cracker Books. Written and read by Keith Sanders. 
Uh, lots more stories to read on Keith Sanders is the storyman.wordpress.com with pictures. Uh, more free audio stories on this Buzzsprout site. There are free videos to watch, including Heavy Horses, on Keith Sanders, the short story man on YouTube. And there's a shop. All the stories you listen to or read are eventually compiled into books. There are three books available at the moment. They're inexpensive, easy to download. Have a look at the shop. Richard Keith Sanders dot sells S E L Z dot com. Thank you for listening.